If Arch Manning wins in the SEC, what will his legacy be? You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. John Garcia Jr., your favorite recruiting analyst, joining the show today. John, I don't believe we have talked since it was announced that Texas and Oklahoma will be going to the SEC a year early in 2024. So my first question for you is, what does this move mean on the field this is a two-part question but the first part what does this move mean on the field for the texas longhorns going to the sec in 2024 it's high risk high reward in my eyes this is a step up in obviously competition uh the depth of the league i think and obviously if if you hit it the right way your ceiling increases but if you don't your your floor probably drops simultaneously so it's really fascinating to, to look at the potential of all of these these conference realignments uh, and, and what they could mean. But for Texas, yeah, it feels like a bit of a tipping point in my mind. Either, either you hit the ground running and you become right off the bat uh, a strong program in the strongest conference or the, the, the floor can just fall out from beneath you uh, at this juncture. So it's going to be really critical uh, every day, it feels like, with Texas – here going forward. Um, but yeah, your ceiling theoretically rises, uh, which is saying a lot, right? Because because this is a program that branding wise is, is up there with everybody else and recruiting wise is is hitting the right notes every single cycle to accumulate as much talent as possible. But obviously, the on-field product has to start to match that or, or changes will be made. Uh, and that's not a good sign when you shift conferences in between all of that. But that's looking at it from a pessimistic standpoint, looking at it the other way, um, th- this could literally take Texas to new heights. Uh, and that's something that with that brand is, is kind of scary for everybody else to, to think about. If, if, there, if there's a sleeping giant in any of these conference realignment scenarios, you'd be hard pressed to identify a program that's in, in a position compared to Texas that has a better shot to take a, a massive step forward. Okay. In terms of recruiting, what does this mean for Texas as far as recruiting? Because I've said they're already recruiting at a top three, top five in the country level. If anything, this gives them more of a recruiting footprint. Now you can go into Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Arkansas and sell to these kids. If you stay here for four years, you can play in your home state, even if you come to the University of Texas. So aside from that or expand on that, what does it mean for recruiting University of Texas going to the SEC in 2024? Yeah, under Sark, we've seen Texas push a little bit more national every single cycle, a little bit more national every cycle. And I think that continues with this move to the SEC. We've seen uh, consistency in the the immediate neighboring states, particularly Louisiana. I mean, my gosh, uh, Arch Manning, hello, Derek Williams. I mean, just a great haul in the bayou. I think that can now stretch. Um, but you've, you've gone into Georgia. You've certainly gone into Florida already. So I think this will all enhance – uh, some of, of those uh, national recruiting battles, because now, like you said, you can sell 
seeing your your son or your friend or whoever is in the circle play without having to travel all the way to Austin or having to travel, you know, pretty far from home. Now you're, you're within driving distance in a state like Florida where you're going to be able to go see the Horns theoretically play, uh, you know, at Florida uh, or close thereafter um, on a consistent basis, which is kind of what we're hearing at this point. So, yeah, it really does change when you can sell something that is tangibly coming down the pike. It's not just, hey, if all of these things align, you can watch me play this game. Um, you know, it, it's a lot more easy uh, logistically to to plan out, you know, maybe when you're going to go see, uh, you know, somebody, you know, play ball. And that's important. Um, I can't tell you how many kids J.D. have told me in Florida, hey, I just got this Oregon offer. I just got this USC offer. I just got this Ohio State offer. But man, I don't know because it's so far another conference not sure you know how much i can be seen and and that really does matter it, it it varies between recruits but for the bulk of them it really does matter so i do think something like that that's tangible will be a huge benefit to to both texas and oklahoma yeah so we know that the manning family legacy started in the sec right whether it was um you know with archie and eli at Ole miss or you know peyton at tennessee and now how fitting uh, as soon as Arch, you know, comes out of high school <laughs> and gets ready to go to college, Texas is now moving to the SEC. We know, like you said, Texas is on that verge of getting ready to make a big jump, right? If they can just get the on-field production to match everything else, we're looking at, as you said, a sleeping giant. If Arch comes in and say he's the starter next year for the next two years, however, and he wins at Texas in the SEC – what will his legacy be long-term? It's got the same deal, high risk, high reward. It's got a higher ceiling than that of his uncles or his grandfather because as great as they were, there was not, besides the one year for Peyton, there was not national title implications for these guys. Um, it, was, it was a lot of conference titles, and obviously all the individual and passing accolades that, that anybody could ask for, but you know, if if you can get to the mountaintop in this SEC, it's going to hit different regardless of player or school because it's it's literally bigger and badder than it's ever been. And everybody already recognizes it as the top conference. This just solidifies that. So if you navigate the early SEC schedule that successfully, my goodness, you, you, you've, you've not only lived up to the hype on a LeBron-like level, which we, we've really never seen before in football, but now you've exceeded, at least at this stage, you've exceeded multiple Hall of Famers at, at, at the collegiate and NFL level, which is crazy to say out loud. But yeah, if, you, if, if Texas is even in the discussion and makes one playoff, it feels like you have already, within the sport and within your team, exceeded – what Peyton, Eli, and Archie did at their respective programs in their conference, no less. Uh, so the first, you know, Arch Manning start against Ole Miss or Tennessee will will be fascinating. Um, you know, all of the all the stuff we just saw with the Kelsey brothers and their family in the Super Bowl will be magnified times ten with the entire Manning family. What colors are they wearing? What side are they sitting on? All that fun stuff. So yeah, it would be it would mean that much more. Um, so I, I do think. Again, the ceiling is as high as it's been. But if if it's a flop, again, it's 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 as glaring and magnified as a flop as as we'll ever see, at least uh, up until this point. So it really is a, a slippery slope in either direction. 
Yeah, if the SEC doesn't get a uh, arch plan at Rocky Top, then they don't know what they're doing. I'm going to ask you a, a follow-up question to that. Even with college football moving to the 12-team playoff, you still think if Arch leads Texas to that playoff, that solidifies him as the Texas quarterback and living up to the expectations coming out of high school? Yeah, I, sh- I should have clarified. That's a great follow-up because I'm, my brain is on the four-team format, <laughs> meaning you're one game away at worst from a national yeah. title appearance. But yeah, if you if we get to the semifinals with Arch at Texas, yeah, now all of a sudden it does feel like you have you have exceeded a, a lot of expectation because folks don't remember that while Peyton had the borderline Heisman season, it was the next year after he left that Tennessee ended up winning it all uh, under T. Martin. So yeah, that's really tangibly the one. Th- it's really the only thing you could do besides winning the Heisman that your family hadn't done. Uh, so I do think either of those two feats would certainly help to accomplish that at least at the collegiate level but obviously again in that family it goes uh it goes well into your 30s uh, from a legacy perspective but they'll tell you as much as anybody i mean sec football is it's in them it is really in them so in that way it's actually fitting that you know for arches what his second season and beyond uh it'll be sec for good for texas yeah, so coming out of high school, Quinn Ewers was the number one recruit in the country. Uh, there's a stigma around him because he foregoes his senior year of high school, takes a million dollars, whatever it was, goes to Ohio State. That doesn't work out, right? And so then he comes to the University of Texas with a lot of pressure on him. And then Arch Manning, you talked about the Zion Williamson, LeBron level hype since he's been in middle school. So obviously when he starts, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him as well. I'm going to ask you, who do you think had more pressure on them coming into the University of Texas, Quinn Ewers or Arch Manning? That's a great question. Like you said, a pair of number ones. It's probably Arch, especially because Quinn took such an unconventional path to Texas, right? Committed, decommitted, flips to Ohio State, skips a year of high school. There was so much abruptness in his timeline and shifting in that timeline that I think it took away a little bit from the talent and the arm and the expectation. But with Arch, man, it is, it's on 10 from, from height, from middle school. Like you said, really something we've never seen from a football perspective that Arch Manning has the most basketball recruitment we've, we've ever seen, right? It is, you know, every step of it, every inch of it, every opinion around it was covered. Uh, and Quinn didn't have that coming in. Um, but now, I think you could argue that he's got as much pressure as any quarterback in the country, more pressure than Caleb Williams to follow up the Heisman season, more pressure than whoever's going to be the starter at Georgia to try to go for a three-peat, ditto for Alabama to try to get them back in. I, I think he's got the most pressure, and it starts now. Like he, You've got to do it in the spring. Um, so I think Arch has more career pressure, but right now Quinn Ewers has the most pressure of any quarterback in the country to get it right in March and April ahead of having to do so once again through fall camp. And once again, when the season actually begins in August or September. Yeah, I completely agree with that. We're going to talk about what's at stake for Quinn Ewers next season. After a quick word from FanDuel, the midway point of the NBA season is here. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet does not win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes made. Plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets 
for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So, John, you just made a really interesting point that going into this season, no player in college football, especially at the quarterback position, might have more pressure on them right now than Quinn Ewers does, right, based on what we saw last year and who's currently number three on the depth chart. Yeah, I think it's a very yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's a very interesting <laughs> situation this year for Quinn Ewers because you've talked so much on this episode about ceiling and floor. So let me give you my ceiling and floor for Quinn Ewers this year. I think if he goes out and has a really, really good year, you were possibly talking about a first round NFL draft pick. Correct. If he doesn't have a year, a good year, has the same type of year he has last year, we're talking about Quinn Ewers possibly entering the transfer portal. Like the, the, the distance between ceiling and four floor for Quinn Ewers this year is astronomical. So I've kind of just talked about it, but in your, in your opinion, what's at stake for Quinn Ewers in the 2023 season? It's all of those things. That's a great way to frame it, Jay. It, it is, it's all or nothing here. Um, <laughs> and I think what aligns so well with that is, is Sarkeesian. I mean, it's, it's not as drastic for him. It's not, Hey, uh, figure it out or your replacement is is sitting right here that everybody kind of unanimously loves right now. It's not that clear, but there's probably a number, right? There's There's got to be a number out there somewhere. So yeah, it goes, it goes hand in hand. And that element to me um, is very good for Quinn Ewers uh, because those two have kind of got to figure it out together. Um, unless Sark is it pivots to Arch Manning or Malik Murphy or whoever. And now it's a, uh, it's a gamble. Hey, does, does this uh, give me an extra year or does this, you know, cut me off right now kind of deal. Um, so I think Quinn kind of has to do it this year. Um, I think he knows that um, he should welcome it. Cause like you said, on the, on the plus side of Quinn Ewers, you're talking about one of the strongest arms in the country uh, on a big physical frame that, you know, has actually held up pretty good after that, that early season situation. So I do think, there's so much to like there. And obviously, if he responds to this pressure with production and in increased production from 2022, you talk about something scouts will drool over. It will be that. Holding off the young gun gives you cachet. I mean, they're still talking about Jalen Hurts holding off of Tua from Tua's freshman season with a whole lot less hype than Arch Manning. Um, obviously, his story is a little bit more layered. But he still gets credit for that. So imagine the credit Quinn Ewers would get for holding off an Arch Manning and increasing his production and holding on to that job. Uh, I, I do think the timing is is perfect for Quinn to to take this next step. There's less there's less to learn from Quinn's perspective. I remember this time last year. I started with Locked On last spring. It was like. Quinn Ewers, savior, all this stuff, but you got to get here. You got to learn the system. You got to get through practice. You got to do all these things. At least those elements are behind him. Um, so now it's all mental, right? It is it's purely mental for Quinn. It's really never been physical for him, but now the lack of experience can't be thrown out there. His age, his youth, uh, all the transition, all those elements that were kind of natural inhibitors from a human standpoint, they're all out the window. It's about ball and the mental for Quinn Ewers right out of the gate. And, and he's got Arch there every day. And Malik Murphy, by the way, who was a blue chip recruit on his own uh, there as well. 
to remind him every single step of that way. So it's it is really boomer bust in every sense of of the phrase at this point for Quinn Ewers. I get the sense he's going to rise up to it. He's very much um, covering him in high school, very much an internalized motivational kind of guy. You're not going to see him tweet about it or or rally up the team, you know, in a certain way. You might see like a Drew Brees or somebody else, but he internalizes that thing. Um, so he'll put as much pressure on himself as the world will put on him. Um, so it, it's his time to answer that call at this point. A lot to ask a 20-year-old or however old Quinn is, but that's the situation that, you know, Texas and that position has has built up to be. So it's it's time to put up or shut up, unfortunately, for him. Yeah, and I've said Arch Manning being there, of course it puts pressure on him because, you know, the moment you start making mistakes, people are going to call for Arch. But on that same token, at least right now, it takes some pressure off of him because, like you said, while they're covering Arch Manning like an NBA star, the former NBA star, and Quinn Ewers, theoretically, yeah. can just focus on football for probably the first time in his life. Uh, speaking of Arch Manning and Quinn Ewers, if Arch Manning and Quinn both live up to or exceed the hype under Steve Sarkeesian, does Texas become the premier landing spot for quarterback recruits similar to wide receiver recruits in Ohio state right now? Uh, yeah. <laughs> How could it not? Right. I mean, Sark Sark brought a lot of that already when he got to Texas, you know, with, we mentioned Jalen Hurts in Alabama. At Alabama, he earned so much of that uh, with with how he navigated and brought along multiple quarterbacks. So if he does it at Texas with those two guys, my goodness, yeah, I, I think it will be right up there with Lincoln Riley, who probably has that that post right now as, hey, if you're the number one quarterback, you should probably take a visit or at least make a phone call. I do think Texas will become that, and we're we're seeing. We're seeing that perception shift. It, it's not what it was 10 years ago in the sport. Uh, one, because of the portal and, and how many quarterbacks have had success at either multiple places or late in the game at, at a place as they're a little bit older. Uh, but the coaching carousel has also pulled away from some of the no doubt or, hey, this guy's going to get the number one quarterback every year. But if it ever shifts back to that, Texas will be one of the first few in line to benefit from it, um, especially with Arch. I think it's almost singular to Arch, but obviously Quinn has to be good for Sark to theoretically get there to, to be able to develop Arch. But if if Arch hits, it's, it's one of those things, all the things I said about Texas and then some for Arch himself, because now all of a sudden you have dealt with, in this day and age, the, the most hyped football recruit of all time, and it worked out. It's something that would unfortunately be an upset right because we're like cynical in nature nowadays we're like there's no way he can live up to this right I, I said that about LeBron a long time ago and he's he's been the one to do it the most um if Arch does it in football at that position in this social media age it will be it will be pandemonium and and Sarkeesian will reap those benefits for the rest of his coaching career whether it's at Texas or wherever else he ends up because it will that's something that we just we just haven't seen it how many and conversely you see the opposite right you see number one quarterbacks go and, and bust in college football more than you see them succeed it's changing recently you know your trevor lawrence's your justin fields your caleb williams's have all lived up to that number one hype very well but before that it wasn't the case uh so if it if it works with arch i think this thing will will hit a level that that none of us are are really ready for in this day and age of of hype and and trends and momentum so it'll be fun to see uh how close they can get to that 
Yeah, if Arch uh, meets or exceeds expectations, it's going to be a lot of freezing cold takes, as the kids would say. Uh, oh, thank yeah. you for tuning in to another episode of Locked on Longhorns, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. John Garcia Jr. Joining us once again, hook him. Peace.